Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and vague tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Hi, welcome to episode eight of Cocktails and Capital. Can you guys believe that it is already the middle of August? So happy August, happy back to school time, um, and happy end of summer vacationing if that's what you're doing right now. But it is middle of August. It is gearing up to kind of take a, a look at your books at the middle of the year, see how you're doing, kind of make some goal projections for the end of the year, which is really exciting times. Uh, for me, you know, as an accountant, um, and just see where we're headed profit-wise and revenue-wise, and I hope that's an exciting time for you too, but it is also an exciting time if you're a product-based business um, to kind of take a look at your product line heading into fall and into Christmas and see if you want to add in new products or take away some products that maybe haven't been selling as well. Um, and what it what it's a good time to do is kind of go over some really important factors as they relate to your product line and take a look at each product and how they, these factors apply that we're going to go over um, and, and see if maybe some products can be cut or some products can be added and um, see if we can enhance your profitability a little bit. So that's what we're going to do today. This is going to be more of a product-based business episode. Um, And so if that is something that's going to apply to you, I hope you guys will enjoy this episode. If you're wondering what is wrong with Sarah's voice today, I'm coming off of a little bit of a bronchitis episode. So please bear with me if my voice has a little bit more of a fry to it than normal. Um, So I have water, I have... uh, energy drink here, um, trying to get through this. So, um, just bear with me here in the next couple episodes. It's going to be a little bit more of a, of a heavier vocal fry than normal. So I do apologize to your listening ears, but we're going to take a quick break here and, um, run some intro music and then we'll get into what is a product-based business versus service-based business. And then we'll get into these three uh, factors that I think you should consider for fall and holiday time. Just briefly go over a product-based business and what it entails. What is different about a product-based business and a service-based business? And really, it's exactly like it sounds. A product-based business is going to be centered around selling products versus providing services. So 
for me as an accountant, I am going to be considered a service-based business. I am providing services and selling my services to people, and so I am considered a service-based business. Um, somebody else who might be a, um, a flower retailer would be considered a product-based business because they are growing flowers to be cut and sold as bouquets. Those bouquets would be considered products. They would be considered a product-based business. They do have a service aspect to them, um, so it could be a little bit confusing because you are, you know, selling the service of making like custom bouquets that could be considered in some people's minds as like a service offering, but it is still a product that you are selling to people. And it is not a, it's not a necessarily a, a service that is um, intangible. So a product has to be a tangible good. Um, it can also be a digital good, uh, like an ebook. It could be like a knitting pattern. If you are a, um, like a textile artist and you do, um, you make, you're a knitter and you make uh, knit hats or gloves or things like that and you got into the um, world of pattern making and you decided to start in addition to selling your knitwear you also decided to start selling patterns you would still be considered a product-based business because you are still selling your products of your knitwear but now you're also selling the products of your patterns your intellectual product so those are those are all examples of your product-based businesses and products that you're offering, um, as opposed to services being things like uh, massage therapists are going to be service providers. Uh, they're not selling a, a tangible product, they're doing a service offering. Uh, manicurists are going to be service providers. Um, an attorney would be a service provider too. They are providing legal services, consultations, um, and so they are also providing services. Um, personal trainers are providing services and that they are giving you fitness advice, fitness coaching, strength coaching, but they are not providing you with tangible products. However, if they start to sell their own product line of, um, of waist belts, um, lifting equipment like uh, straps or gloves, chalk, uh, anything that you're using as a product, um, and they're selling a line of that to you, then they're becoming more of a product-based business. So you can be both. There is a way to be both. You can be both, you can be one, you can be the other. And it's important to know where your business stands because product-based businesses do also incur sales tax. They incur things like cost of goods sold, and there's different record-keeping requirements, different um, financial metrics that would need to be met. Um, and there's different things that are necessary for bookkeeping and just for the overall health of your business when you're a product-based business versus a service-based business. And it's important to know where your business stands within those two realms or in the hybrid of the two. So the three factors that we want to go over for product-based businesses and what we want to pay attention to for considering when we want to add a product or when we want to take away a product in our line, um, the very first one and the most important one is what is the need or the problem that you're trying to fill with the product 
that you are adding. Um, or if you're thinking about taking a product away, what need is that product currently filling? Or is it still filling the need that it originally was put in to fill? And the reason that this is important is because if you had originally intended for your product to fill a certain void and it's in this competitive space with all of these other products that are doing the same thing, your product needs to stand out amongst all of those other products that are in that competitive space. And so if you're looking at that product and it's no longer filling that void for people and it's no longer standing out, it might be time to pull that product off of that line um, and fill it with something else that could potentially fill that void. Or it might be time to look at a different void that needs to be filled. And if you're thinking about adding a new product um, and you have this new void that you're seeing in your customers' lives that needs to be filled, you're wanting to um, add in a product that can potentially solve that problem or fill in that void, then you want to make sure that, again, you're looking at that competitive space, you're doing your market research and making sure that that product can compete in that space and that there is a differentiating factor between you and your other products that are competing in that space with you. Uh, the easiest way to, to kind of do that is really to go on social media these days and, and browse hashtags of different businesses that are doing the same thing that you're doing um, and see what the differentiating factors are, what their target market is, um, and just study the habits of the businesses that you're competing against um, and what their target market is, who your target market is. Look at what they're looking at. Browse the hashtags and the Instagram accounts or go to the stores that they're going to. Shop as if you are your target shopper and act as if you're having the void that that target shopper is having. Um, and really, really think about is that void going to be filled by this product? Am I going to continuously come back to you and have the same void and continue to have that void need to be filled with this product. Is your product a one-time void filler? Is it a continuous void filler? These are all the factors that you need to be considering when you're um, thinking about the problem that you're trying to solve with your product. A really great example of this that I like to think about um, is when, if you've seen the headbands or beanies that are knit and they have a um, hole in them for your ponytail or for your messy bun. That was definitely a need and a void that needed to be filled. Um, if you have long hair and you've ever tried to wear like a beanie um, or um, a headband and you have, you know, a, a bun or a ponytail going and it just gets in the way of everything. Um, and those are super successful and they are continuously purchased because you want them in different colors and you want a new one for a different season. And people can purchase those knitwear patterns and make them for their own business and sell them that way. And so it's, it's sparked this kind of, uh, epicenter is probably not the right word, but an epicenter of profitability for not just the original person who created it, but for multiple different businesses 
to use that um, beanie model with a just a simple hole in it for a ponytail or a, a bun um, and continue to fill that void for different markets, different sections of markets um, for women and um, other people to essentially put their hair up and keep their ears warm. So that is one really good example of spotting a need and filling it um, and continuing to be able to fill that void for people in their daily lives. The second factor when you're looking at products that you might want to add on to your line is the sustainability of your product. Um, and there's so many different ways that you can think about and talk about sustainability. Sustainability can be environmental sustainability. It can be also financial sustainability. Uh, so for environmental sustainability, when we talk about that, we're talking about the packaging of your product. Environmental sustainability is so big right now, especially when we're trying to lessen the use of plastics in our environment um, and preserve you know, the earth for as long as we can while we're still here. Um, and so you want to think about not just how you're packaging your product, but how is the material that you get in order to make your product uh, shipped to you? Um, and how, how many times are those materials shipped before they get to you? So there, that is very important for specific markets that you might cater to, depending on what type of product you're selling um, and what type of business you're considering starting. So that's a very important factor to consider depending on what you're trying to do. And then when you are packaging your product, what type of materials are you using? Are you using tissue paper? Is your tissue paper biodegradable? Is your tissue paper um, made of... Uh, very, very fine plastic. Um, what type of bags are you using? Are you using plastic bags? Are you using paper bags? Is your packaging branded? Does it need to be branded? Are you using um, recyclable packaging? Is your packaging biodegradable? And so there's those kinds of questions for sustainability. But on the other hand of that, is that packaging that you're using to try to be ecologically sustainable, is that financially sustainable? So when you're starting a business, you only have so much capital. And we all want to do right by the environment. We want to do right by our customers. But we also have to do right by our pocketbooks and by our bottom line. And until you can make that leap into ecologically sustainable packaging or cutting out more middlemen in your uh, distribution line. There are some times where you have to make those certain sacrifices on sustainability on the environmental side. So those two do go very hand in hand. Also, with sustainability, you do have to look at the costs to create your product. So again, if we are looking at an example, we can look at an example of um, baking a cake. Especially with the rising costs of ingredients in the grocery store, it's very easy to follow this example. Um, eggs are increasing in cost. Um, flour is increasing in cost. There's so many groceries that are increasing in cost right now. So if we're looking at the rising increase in groceries, when you're adding on different cakes onto your line of cakes that you sell, 
if you were to add on a cake like a Black Forest cake, Black Forest cakes require not only chocolate, flour, um, whipping cream, and um, premium chocolate and dark chocolate, but they also require cherries, and cherries can be out of season. It also requires brandy, and brandy is a very expensive liqueur depending on what type of liqueur you get. But you want your cake to taste good, so you don't want to get cheap brandy, right? So if you're thinking about doing a Black Forest cake and adding that onto your product line of cakes that you might sell to customers, you have to look at your ingredients list as a whole and figure out if that cake is going to be sustainable for you to keep on as a long-term item, or if maybe you wanna run it in as a special when cherries are just in season, or if you wanna just maybe exclude Black Forest cake at, as, uh, as a whole right now and maybe look at a different cake entirely. So your sustainability of product and costs needs to be looked at heavily, needs to factor into the pricing of your product. And then after you've figured out your, your pricing of your product, that is going to also affect the sustainability of your product because are people going to be able to afford your product? And is that going to uh, make it sustainable for you to carry as well? If people are not buying the product, it does not make it worth it for you to keep a product on your shelf that might be uh, resulting in dead weight inventory as it will just become obsolete and sit on your shelf and cost you further money in the long run. So the last factor that we want to consider is just your current capability. And your current capability when, when we think about this, we think about our energy level. And our energy level applies to our manufacturing level, how much output we can do. If you're making candles, how many candles can you pour in a day, realistically? Um, 20, 40, 60, 80? We don't know. That's something that you know. But your current capability also applies to your financial capability. How much can you reasonably afford to create right now? If you're just starting your business, it might be less. If you're further down the line, it might be more. You can add more products onto your line. You can experiment more with more essential oils that you can add on. You can experiment with greater packaging that you can add on. You can make your customer's experiment experience better. However, capability also relates to your time availability. We, especially as women, want to devote so much time into the things that we love. And we love our businesses, right? We did not start these businesses just to do them, just to sit and have something to do, right? We started these businesses because we love what we're doing. We're finding needs and voids to fill for people and we saw something that needed to be done and we're doing it. This is, this is something that needs to be done. And we get up every day and we go to this, we go to our business, we go to our office and we work. But we have also got to remember that we have to take time for ourselves and our families. And just, just like I'm filming this right before I go to the gym. We have to take time to go to the gym, to do self-care, whatever self-care means to you. And so when I talk about this third factor being your current capabilities, 
I'm also meaning your energy level as a whole. Do you have the energy to add on another product? What is that going to add on to your life? How much stress is that going to add on to you? How much time will that take in commitment? Will you be able to do that as a one-woman show? Do you maybe need to consider hiring somebody to be able to add on this new set of product? Will you maybe need to bring on a subcontractor? These are the kinds of things that we need to be thinking about when we think about current capabilities. Because while we want to grow and we want to expand and we want to continue to fill these voids and fill these needs and problems, solve these problems for people and provide great service and provide great products, we do not want to take away from the life that we're living. So it is so, so, so important um, and I will continue to advocate for this forever, uh, that when you're looking at your current capabilities, you look at your financial capabilities, your energy output as far as manufacturing, but you look at your family's capability or your own capability if you don't have a family, if you are just running this show by yourself. Um, and you reach out for help if you need it. You hire somebody, you outsource your bookkeeping, you outsource your manufacturing, you outsource whatever you need to outsource in order to continue to make this business work because there's no reason not to grow just because you need to take time for yourself at the end of the day. So that is the third and final most important factor of all time. Remember to always keep in the back of your mind, what is my current capability? Where is my max? And how close am I to my max? I hope this episode was helpful. I hope that if you're thinking about adding a new product to your line, or if you're thinking about starting a product-based business, you take these factors into account. If you guys have any questions about any of these factors, please send us a message on Instagram or send me an email. The email is hello at tatumaccounting.com. I will always be there if you guys have any questions. And I hope to talk to you guys soon. Um, if you need anything, please reach out. And otherwise, I will talk to you guys next Wednesday. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week, same time, same place.